As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Every parent thinks that parenting is about their child. It's not. Parenting is about the parent. That's why it's called parenting. If it were about the child, it would be called childing. An amazing parent has a high degree of self-management so that they come to the, their children healthy, well, happy, joyful, peaceful. I'm Allie Wolf, an Emmy-winning journalist and mom. I love interviewing women and experts who inspire us to create fulfilling lives and careers while embracing the messy and beautiful reality of being a mom. This is the Mom's Calling Podcast. Today on the show, a masterclass in mindset, success, parenting, and life in general. We talk about how to use failure to boost success, how to stop letting your beliefs hold you back, the importance of journaling, and how to journal effectively, and why you should not strive for work-life balance and what to do instead. Also, like you heard off the top, some really good ways to think about parenting. My guest is Kim Addis, founder of Frame of Mind Coaching and the Journal that talks back. She's also a mom of five, an author, speaker. She also coaches entrepreneurs and executives and also parents. In this episode, Kim also shares her personal story, how she actually felt a loss of identity after having a baby, then went on to build multiple businesses. There's so much to this interview. I hope you enjoy it. Kim, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on today, all the way from Canada. Good to have you. Thank you so much. I'm super happy to be talking to you today. Well, you have so many impressive titles, including author, speaker, entrepreneur, and mama five. So lots of impressive stuff there. And I'm excited to talk about all of the things. I want to start with the concept of thought mastery and mental toughness, because I know this is something you coach on and yep. something we all could really have benefited from the last year and a half. So can you talk about the importance of the those two things in our career and really in our lives as mothers as well. Yeah. I mean, I've been studying leadership for almost my whole life. And one of the things that I discovered over my time is that there are lots of leaders, lots of different personalities. We tend to want to study personality types. We want to know what makes a good leader. But I will say this, that people who succeed at extraordinary levels have a much higher degree of emotional resilience. They have a different level of mental toughness. So it's not that they are perfect. It's not that they don't fail. It's not that they don't make mistakes. They do. They just get back up faster. People who achieve extraordinary goals do something with their failure. They turn it into an advantage somehow. And so it's not only that they fail and they get up, 
They fail, they get up and they say, okay, what do I do with this? How do I use it to my benefit? And that's a mentality that comes with a certain kind of perspective on life. And that perspective is, okay, things happen to me. Not all of them are pleasant, but all of them serve me. So interesting. Is this something that comes with a certain level of natural knack for this? Or is this something that can be taught from the ground up? It's kind of like sports, right? Some people have a natural predisposition to being a great athlete, but they work at it too. And so my experience is people who struggle to get back up can definitely build this muscle. It's like building an ab muscle. You can definitely build this muscle. If you feel like you're always having a hard time, things are tough for you. You feel a sense of friction, exhaustion. You know, you're the person who might need a little extra help in the area of emotional resilience. And that is something that is learnable, teachable, and a muscle we develop. Are there any things or exercises we can go through to just start? Yeah. One of the most important things is that you kind of start to monitor how you feel. Just pay attention. Are you happy most of the time? Are you frustrated most of the time? What triggers you? What sets you off? And one of the best ways to monitor how you feel is to keep a journal. I just like journal on a daily basis and pay attention to how are you spending your days. One of the journaling exercises that I like to give people is the following. I want you to write down two questions. What do I really, really want more than anything? Why are there two reallys? Because I want you to think about what you truly deeply want, not what is expected of you, not what others want for you, not what your spouse wants, not what your in-laws want. And it might be something that you're afraid to voice, but write it down. Question number two is what's stopping me from having that? And what you will find is all the beliefs that you have, those are the things that are really getting in your way. Then we can start to work on them, challenge them. So sometimes we think, well, what's getting in my way is time. What's getting in my way is, well, I have all these responsibilities. All of those things are beliefs. And so once we start to understand, and you you might be listening and saying, well, it's true. I only have 24 hours in a day. Yes, it is true. You only have 24 hours a day in a day, but how we think about those 24 hours and how we use those 24 hours is dependent on how we perceive things and what we believe is possible. I think this is such a great concept, especially for moms. I think it's very easy to think, I don't have time. I don't have time to start the business I want to start or the side hustle. Is there a good way to start? Do you assess, you know, where you spend your time and what's draining it? Yes, but you know, like that's more tactical and that's Mm -hmm. valuable. But the first thing I would say is start with your beliefs. Because one of the beliefs a lot of moms have is I'm the only one who can take care of this child. If I don't do this, then I'm not a great mom. Then I'm failing as a human. And all of those things are things we make up, things we invent. And those things keep us stuck. They keep us trapped. Will my son or daughter really suffer if I'm not there 24 hours a day? Like, what if I was only there 20 hours a day? And what would I do with those other four hours? And, you know, and some of those hours could be during the time that my child is napping. Would that really be detrimental? And if I had those four hours, what could I really start to do with those four hours? What could I do for myself, for my business? I started my business personally with four hours. Kim didn't start her career as an entrepreneur. She worked as a marketing manager in her mid-20s. She felt her career was on a good path. Then she got pregnant and moved to Toronto. At first, it was a tough transition. 
I was a terrible pregnant person, like horrible, you know, vomiting on the streets. Like I got so swollen, my feet, I had to wear men's shoes. Like it was terrible, really bad. But I was laying in bed one day and I heard like a commercial on the radio and it was the YMCA who was sponsoring a women's entrepreneurship program. I thought, gee, that's a good idea. I'll see. I'll, I'll see if I can apply. And I had this idea at the time, many, many years ago, to work with young people and help them kind of develop basic life skills. And so I would go in and do workshops with them. And that's how it would go. I would go from school to school to school and I'd be a speaker and I'd do these interactive workshops with young people. And I went to the YMCA and they said, well, you're pregnant. How do you think you're going to run a business? I'm like, I could do it. And so they accepted me to the program. But I remember sitting in class and my belly was full and my, my child was like moving and everyone could see my belly moving in class. Anyways, I graduated from the program. I had my child and I remember this particular feeling. Like I had this child and my husband went back. He was doing his PhD at the time. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, what happens now? Like what happened to my career? What happened to my, like all of a sudden I have to take care of this child 24 hours a day. And it was a very rattling feeling. I felt to a great degree like my whole identity was suddenly gone. That high powered MBA person who had a career path in front of her suddenly, like, who the heck am I now? I felt like I was losing my mind a little bit. Like I was in a new neighborhood. I had no one to talk to. I'd take my son at the time downstairs to talk to the doorman because I had nobody to talk to. I'd go for walks, I'd go to the store, but how much shopping can you do? And then I realized, you know what? I'm ready to get back at it. I'm ready to actually start this business. And so I hired someone to come into the house for four hours a day, only four hours a day. And that four hours a day gave me enough time to start mobilizing myself and start putting those, all the pieces of my business together. And it also gave me a little breathing space. I think that's such a great message. It's so relatable to feel disoriented and just like your whole life is shaken up because you go from being this career person who's highly ambitious and notching those achievements. And then you're like, who am I? So how did you apply yourself every day? Was it about consistency or was it about having that bigger vision of what you wanted to build for yourself? Honestly, I don't think my vision was that extraordinarily big. I really don't. I, like I'm being completely honest, not at the time. For me, it was was being engaged in something that, that gave me life, that fueled me beyond being a mother. So I was engaged and I was enjoying that engagement. I was enjoying what I was doing. I mean, I created a business out of nothing. Like I was living in a, in a little two bedroom apartment. My husband was a student and I had this crazy idea to go and do workshops. Like I had nothing. And I came up with this crazy idea one day that I was going to take on co-op students. And my husband at the time said, where are you going to bring them? You're going to bring them to the apartment. Like no school is going to let you do that. I went to the local mall. I noticed there was an empty store front and I asked them if I could use it for four hours a day. The idea was that I, I was going to be the speaker. And then I realized no one's hiring me to speak. So what if I bring on co-op students and they do the speaking? And that idea really, really took off. And so the idea was to create simulations and help young people learn work life skills, right? So I would take these co-op students and they would enact on stage a series of situations where a young person was at work and things went really, really wrong. 
And then after that reenactment, I'd ask the audience, what would you do differently? How would you handle that situation differently? And then I take someone from the audience and put them in the middle of the scene. And so it was fun. It was engaging. It was interactive. We were going across Toronto, Ontario, Niagara Falls to go and do these presentations at schools. And we were paid very well to do that. So it was a really cool idea. But then one day I thought to myself, wouldn't it be even cooler if we could create these scenarios on a computer simulation based training? And so we ended up becoming a software company and we built simulation-based assessments to help companies make better hiring decisions. And that company grew to a nice, beautiful size. I won an award for being one of the most influential women in the whole entire real estate industry. I had two partners though. One of them is now my ex-husband. After building and growing her business into a successful software company, Kim ended up selling her portion and moving on. Once again, I lost my identity. And I realized you are not your work. You are not your business. You're not any of that. All these things are, I call it the gym for where you get to grow. Your work is not your identity. Your work is the place where you get to express yourself and experiment and try things. This is something I think became on my mind when I became a mom, because I leaned on my career for so long. And then you think you're going to lean on motherhood. So how do you have that identity be the central thing rather than the career or the motherhood? We often think that our identity is wrapped around what we do or what we mean to others. When you're a mother, you mean everything to your children. You know, identity really is wrapped around who you are, what your values are, not what you bring to the table, but what matters to you, regardless of circumstance, regardless of who's around you, regardless of what you're doing. Identity isn't, I am a mother, I am a business owner, I am a wife. It's how you show up, regardless of circumstance. I want to tell you about a product I love. It is the Mule Baby Whiteboard, the easiest way for new parents and caregivers to coordinate baby care. You can log feedings, diaper changes, and sleep times. It is reusable. Just stick it to your fridge and start logging. There's also a twin version. Get 10% off your order on Amazon with the code MOMSCALLING. Enjoy. I also want to go back a little bit to something that you said earlier that really kind of stuck in my head. You talked about how you took something on and for you, it was your business and that filled you up and doing something for yourself when you're a mother and having something that restores kind of that piece of you. It feels really good. Like for me, I really feel good when I'm productive, when I'm creating. For me, being a good mom is also having that part of myself that I tap into. So do you have any tips or advice for moms in being able to find that piece for them? I mean, it doesn't have to be a a career if maybe if a mom's not as entrepreneurial, right? Absolutely. It doesn't have to be a business or anything like that. But I, I want you to think about it like this. What do I need to do to be my best self? How do I come to my children peacefully, happily, feeling good about myself? Because if I don't feel good about myself, I don't come to my children peacefully or happily. This is your job as a mother. Because if I'm just there 24 hours a day, but some of the time I'm miserable, you're not doing your job as a mother. Right. You feel like you have to be there a lot as a mom, but I think being really present when you're there may be more important than having 10 hours with your child a day, but being really fully present for only a bit of it, right? Exactly. Being present is super, super important, even as they age. Like again, my kids are older and they need my presence and they notice when I'm not present. You mentioned that you sold off you know, this business that you built that was successful. Where did you go from there and how did you get to where you are today? 
about six weeks after that event happened, I got recruited by a coaching company here in Toronto. And I was very excited to go work for them because their mission statement was to help people live extraordinary lives. And I thought to myself, that's absolutely hands down what I want to do. That's it. That's my mission. I'm aligned with that. Amazing. But I only lasted there for about eight and a half months. I am really not a person who can work for someone else. I'm unemployable. One could say I have my own ideas about how things should work. And I really struggle to be not in the front of that experience. But also I watched how they coach. And I thought to myself, I think I could do a better job. I think there's a better model. I think they're doing it wrong. And I think I, I know a better way. And so I decided to leave and start my own coaching company with my own kind of vision and understanding of what coaching should look like. In a lot of traditional coaching, the job of the coach is to hold the client accountable. They say, what is it that you want to achieve? And you say, well, I want to own this big business. And the coach says, okay, great. We're going to create a plan for you. And we're going to break that plan down into manageable components. And at each stage, I will hold you accountable for all those components. And in my mind, I'm thinking, uh, there's a problem with that. And the problem is that if I'm holding her accountable and it works, then I've created a system of dependency. And that's not a good plan. The thing that I came to do, which is to help her, I've actually created a bigger problem than when she even started. So I don't like that accountability model. What I need to do is to figure out how to create independence, not dependence. And so I thought, why is it hard for people to reach their goals? It's because something in their head stops them from getting there. Just like we talked about with mothers, right? What stops them from being happy mothers? It's their beliefs, their beliefs that they have to be there 24 seven, that they have no time, that they, they can't be get help, that things have to look a certain way, that if they're a perfect mother, then they're doing all these things exactly perfectly. And all that is an invention. The same thing goes for business owners, for entrepreneurs, for leaders, for executives. They also have beliefs that are getting in the way of their success. And if I can move those beliefs away and trade them up for better, more serving beliefs, then what happens is people naturally take action that help them achieve their goals. Seems like a lot of it is removing rather than adding things that you need to do. I think a lot of us maybe make things too complicated for ourselves, right? We make things too complicated. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves. We have these ideas how things should be and must be in order for things to work correctly. And you know, we create these boundaries for ourselves that really are ineffective and don't work. You know, how many times have you heard someone say, oh, you need to create healthy boundaries? Have you heard of that? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you something. Creating healthy boundaries is not the way to go. Why? Because when you're creating boundaries, you're focused on exactly what you don't want instead of what you do want. Instead, say, what do I want to create? What do I want to do? Where am I going to? As opposed to what do I want to stop from happening? That's a good way to think of it because I find myself thinking about those boundaries or, you know, I don't want to spend my time on this, but switching it, I want to spend my time on that or I have this goal. I'm taking note of that personally right now. <laughs> You know, I talk about boundaries a lot with people and a boundary is like, imagine you don't want someone to come into your, into your door, right? Into your room. And so you shut the door and you're like, that's the boundary. You can't come in the door. Don't come in the door. What are you doing? You're standing at the door with your hand against the door saying, don't come in instead of going to do the thing you wanted to do. Parenting really teaches you because I think of if I tell my daughter, don't play with that cord, she's going to be attracted to that cord or don't play with my phone. And so it's like, you see that psychology in humans, even just as 
as kids, right? Yeah. You know, you use the word parenting. Every parent thinks that parenting is about their child. It's not. Parenting is about the parent. That's why it's called parenting. If it were about the child, it would be called childing. An amazing parent has a high degree of self-management. They Mm -hmm. manage themselves so that they come to their children healthy, well, happy, joyful, peaceful. Why don't traditional diets work? Because you can't fight your biology with willpower. But Calibrate is different. It's a comprehensive doctor-guided metabolic reset that promotes sustainable results through lifestyle changes. Calibrate works because they combine prescribed, FDA-approved medication with lifestyle changes to improve metabolic health. It's a fully integrated program that includes classes, one-on-one video coaching, in-app tracking, and community with members like you. They provide a comprehensive wellness plan personalized to your needs so it's easy to fit Calibrate into your busy schedule. Check in with the app as often or as little as you like. All of the goals you set are personalized and tracked by doctors and coaches. Your weight doesn't reflect your willpower. Get back in control with Calibrate. Get $50 off the one-year metabolic reset when you use the promo code BELIEVE at joincalibrate.com. That's $50 off when you use code BELIEVE at joincalibrate.com. So what can we do to be better parents? I think one of the biggest misconceptions about parenting is that parents think their job is to manage their children. Your job as a parent is to manage yourself when your kid is doing what your kid does, whatever your kid is doing. Your kid is having a temper tantrum. Great. That's their deal. Your job is to manage yourself while they're in the middle of that temper tantrum. Your child is refusing to do something, whatever it is. Your job is to manage yourself in the face of their resistance. What do you say to your child when they're having a tantrum? Do you just let it happen or do you, do you intervene? It depends. What's, are they hurting themselves? You intervene. If they're not hurting mm-hmm. themselves, you say, you know, do what you need to do. I'll be over here. I'll wait for you. When you're ready, come and talk to me. Nice. I like it. Right? My daughter's only one, but, you know, taking mental note for later, because I do think that it's very easy to get emotionally riled up because it triggers this emotional response as a parent. But I think, yeah, being in control of that is key. So, and, and the word control is very important because we think our job is to control our children, to make sure they're not doing anything wrong, to make sure they're always you know, following our instruction. And you have no idea how much instruction we give our children. Even something like come and eat is an instruction, put on your clothes, go brush your teeth. All those are instructions and they fall into the negative instruction category. Can you imagine if you had a relationship with someone, any other human being who gave you as much instruction, you'd lose your mind. Yeah. But we do that to our children. Oh, wow. I think a lot of parents do have it twisted and I don't want to say make a lot of mistakes, but maybe don't have that mindset in approach. And it comes from the right place, right? Mm-hmm. Parents just want the best for their kids. And so they think that their job is to manage their children. Your job as a parent is to help your child self-manage. I'll give you a perfect example. I'm working with a couple and they have a child and the child didn't really eat much. And so the mom said, Hey, you know, finish your banana. And he wasn't happy with that. He didn't want to finish his banana. He's three years old. So he took his toy and he threw it. So now there's a battle and she doesn't like that, right? And he's kind of reacting in a negative way, maybe screaming a little, yelling, I don't want to eat my banana, whatever it is, right? And she says, you have a choice. You can eat your banana here or you can go sit in a timeout and eat your banana there. So he goes to the, the timeout with his banana and he eats the banana. We just got into a battle over a banana. 
seriously? <laughs> so that's number one. Number two is what was the trigger? The trigger was he yelled. And in her mind, don't yell. Don't yell at me. You're being disrespectful. But what his yelling is, is really doing is saying, I'm having a hard time managing myself. And so in the face of him having a hard time managing himself, what does she do? She steps up the volume and says, fine, I'll manage you. But that mm -hmm. doesn't help him manage himself, does it? That doesn't help him grow into a person who is able to manage himself. And so our job is to demonstrate self-management. Our job is to not lose it when our kids are losing it. So what do you do in that situation? Our job is to, you say, you know what? Use your words. You say, come and tell me, come sit down, come tell me why you don't want to eat the banana or what you would rather like to eat. Or, you know, I want, want to make sure you're eating something. Let's talk about three options that you could do. But a timeout does what? That is so interesting. Really makes you think. It makes you think about everything. And even like my daughter's so young, but you know, I'm going to think now about what I say to her and how that's registering because she can sense it. And I think kids really understand a lot more than we think. We could keep going on and on, but I do want to get to the journal talks back. Explain what it is and what you're doing with that. So I have five kids because I got remarried and I, we got three more beautiful children into my life life anyway. So I had two, brought in three, and we had a, we have a blended family and we all have been living together for many years. And so they're all between the ages of 22 and 28. About three or so years ago, I was noticing that a lot of my clients were struggling with their adult children. So it could be that they were struggling with their career. They didn't have a clear career path. Could be that they broke up with a girlfriend or a boyfriend and they were depressed and, you know, concerned. And we thought to ourselves, wouldn't it be cool if we could create a, an accessible and affordable coaching program for young people, young adults. And so we decided to do just that. We created something called the journal that talks back. And when we coach our executives, we ask them to journal in an online journal every single day. And then we have calls with them. And we thought, what if all we wanted to do was get these young people to journal with a, with a coach? So they would be assigned a coach, their own certified coach, and they could journal with them as much as they want. But every time they journal, their coach would be on the other end of their journal, reading and responding to their journals. And so imagine you're going through life. You're a little down. You're a little low. You're a little stressed. You're a little anxious. You just want someone to talk to. You don't need a therapist. You just want someone to talk to. That's where you go to the journal that talks back and you start to journal with a coach. And so we're launching this in the beginning of October. We're super, super excited. And if anyone knows a young person between the ages of 18 and 35 who would love to work with a coach, please come and visit us at the journal that talks it's such a smart and cool idea. So quick question on how it works. So if I'm using it and I'm typing in my journal, does the coach message me back and forth almost like messenger or do you talk in person? No. So okay. you journal in a private and it's secure online journal, you hit submit and within 24 hours, your coach responds. But sometimes okay. that happens really, really fast. Okay. Right? So if you think about normally, if you go to a therapist, you see your therapist maybe once a week. You don't have a conversation every single day, multiple times a day. The coach is asking very interesting questions for you to really think about. And our strength at Frame Mind Coaching at the Journal That Talks Back is that we have this weird ability to be able to read and respond to journals. That's a strength we've developed over the years because we've been using journaling forever. That's awesome. With that, I want to just now get to just a couple quick fun questions at the end here, because sure. for you personally, 
how do you take care of yourself and check in with yourself? I know you're going to say journaling, but maybe how specifically do you journal? Do you just take a blank page and just dump what's on your mind? Do you hone in on one topic? You know, what is your strategy? There are lots and lots of strategies. I write lists regularly. That just gives me a sense of calm and direction, right? So I do a lot of list making. I do a lot of, you know, here's what's happening, but I'm going to give whoever's listening an idea or a, or a journaling tip. And it's called dump, dump, and then dump the dump. When something's bothering you, when something's on your mind, write about it. When you think you're done, no, keep writing, right? Like just really get it all out. But then you want to dump that dump. In other words, it's time to turn yourself around. And you literally want to write that in your journal. It's time to turn myself around. And so you turn yourself around by saying, okay, where do I want to go now? What do I want? What do I want to focus on? I want to leave that stuff behind, but now where am I going, right? So it's literally, I want to turn myself towards the direction that I'm heading in. You want to do that in your journal. You want to dump all the stuff that's bothering you and then say, where am I going now? Okay. I think a lot of people do the part where they dump it out, but they don't do that useful part where they redirect themselves. So So a journal is an incredible tool for redirection. I love it. And so I want to know a little bit more about for, for you, does this look like I wake up in the morning and I make my list and then at night I do my, my journaling to clear my mind or how does it uh, integrate in, in your day and just you personally? Yeah, it's really, really, really varies. Like I, Mm -hmm. I mean, I will sometimes wake up and sit down and, and journal, but sometimes I do it at night and sometimes I do it twice a day and it just depends. Depends. It depends on the day, on the mood, on the whatever feeling. You know, I know some people have a regular practice of journaling right before bed because it empties their mind and then they can sleep peacefully. Yeah. Just kind of figuring out what works best for you. But I think for you, probably it's such a habit that you don't have to force yourself to do it in a structured way. Yeah. I I mean, I've been doing this ever since I was a kid. So it's just part of my DNA. I want to know just some of your best and worst advice. I know we kind of talked about a lot of it, but your favorite advice and your least favorite advice that you hear. I have a lot of least favorite advices. One, people say, try to find work-life balance. Hate that advice. I think balance is vastly overrated. Don't go for work-life balance. Go for passion. Go for engagement. Go for presence. Go for being excited by what you're doing. Don't go for balance. And I'll give you a perfect example. You know, when you go to a park and you see two kids on a teeter-totter or a seesaw and they're in perfect balance, what's happening? They're not going anywhere. Nothing's happening, (laughs) right? Yeah. There's no action. There's no movement. And instead of that, what we want is to help people enjoy the ride, enjoy the ups and downs of the seesaw. That requires a little resilience because sometimes those bumps are hard and they hurt, right? But the idea is stop looking for balance. Stop, start looking for enjoying the ride. My best piece of advice is this. Find a way to create for yourself. I call it the good feeling factory. Go there every day. Your job is to go to that factory and find a way to feel good, especially if you're a mom. Because when you feel good about who you are, what you're about, your identity, what you mean, you can easily come back to your children and stay calm, be peaceful, be present, laugh, enjoy your children. You know, if you need to get a a job, get a job. If you need to start a business, start a business. If you need to jog every day, go jog every day. If you need to have coffee with your friends, go do that. If you need to journal, journal. If you need to write an article, do that. If you need to take a long extended shower, do that. Whatever the heck it is. If you need to go wax your eyebrows, do that, right? Whatever it is that you need to do, go do it. I love it. don't, Don't bring to the, don't bring to your parent this sense of, guilt, obligation, and recrimination and resentment. 
for your job as, as a, as a mom. Perfect. So many good lessons here. Go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you if they want to get in touch, if this resonated and they want to learn more about you. So it's Kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. That's my email address, but go to frameofmindcoaching.com. That's where you can find everything about us. I have a podcast too, where we actually invite people to come onto the podcast and get coached live right on the show. And obviously the journal that talks back.com go check it out. It's a super cool website too. People say, wow, I've never seen anything like this. So go take a look at that. It's the opposite of a corporate website. Awesome. Well, Kim, you are so great to talk to. I think people are going to get a lot out of this episode and I appreciate you coming on. It was my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on your show. It was great to talk to you. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, I want to hear from you. Send me an email to momscallingpod at gmail.com. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review this podcast. See you next week for another episode of Mom's Calling on the Believe Network. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.